This is the Tribune Audio Network. Hi. Hi. <laughs> oh, man. Here we are. Cheers. Cheers. We are oh. drinking some delicious wine. This is Sip. Survive. And repeat. I almost forgot to do the intro again. Oh, my God. We always do. And uh, that's Jenny, and I'm Danelle. Uh-huh. And that's Kenny. Got yeah. it. So if you can't tell our voices apart, that's too bad, because mine is real nasally, and Danelle's is deep and deep and something. luxurious. I'm going to call deep it Deep and luxur- velvety. Luxurious. <laughs> I like it. Okay. <laughs> um, we are drinking... Uh, Sledgehammer. Mm. Is that is that the is that the theme song for it? You know the '80s song. Uh, I don't, but I don't know a lot of '80s songs that were like, oh, like rock. Was oh, it a rock yeah, song? Yeah, I think it was Foreigner, maybe. Or maybe mm, I don't know. Whatever. No, my parents were very much like Whitney Houston. Oh yeah, my mom was that. My dad was like Foreigner. Billy Ocean. Billy, Billy that, was he a guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Billy Joel. I mean, yeah. Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean. Billy Joel. Richard Marks. Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah, I loved him. <laughs> Um, we got this from one of our coworkers and she is a little bit of a mega fan and we love her. Hi, Leslie. Thanks for the wine. Leslie Marcelino in the house, in the, his house, we have Sledgehammer Zinfandel. It's a 2017 California. The alcohol by volume on this is 15.3%. And it averages $10 in your local grocer. Please Affordable note though. And good. 15.3% oh, alcohol by volume. I, I didn't, didn't realize even, that. Pretty I didn't even. We're gonna be wasted. Wow. And it's, um, it's pretty smooth. And it's wine that plays a little louder. I don't know what that means, but I like it. But sure. Do your Let's thing, do Sledge it. Hammer. Do it. It's great. It's great. Hmm. Um, we all just came from a work lunch for another one of our coworkers. Mm-hmm. And so I'm feeling a little sleepy. I am too. And we eat healthy. Let's get into that. Um, oh, <laughs> get ready, everyone. Because <laughs> you're about to go on a ride with us, so you may not want to. <laughs> this is a ride that you didn't get involved with, you didn't buy tickets for. But here it is. Um, I, Jenny Day, have a high school reunion, my 20-year high school reunion. Can we talk about the first comment you yes, made about it? Yes, yes, Let's yes. Let's just yes, be yes. open. So let me tell this part of okay. the story. So I go into Jenny's office, and I'm just like, hey, what's up? We're just chit-chatting. And she's like, so what do you think about liposuction? And I was just like, I I don't know what I think about it. And she, I'm like, why are you, is this in preparation of your high school reunion? She said, yes. And I'm like, that's extreme as fuck. Do not do that. <laughs> and if you don't change your diet, you're going to gain it all back. And yes. it's a waste. Of, yes. And it would hurt, I would assume. I assume. I don't know. If you've had liposuction, please write us. Let us know. And let me know. Because I feel like if you do this diet thing that we're about to tell you all about, Ugh. it's pretty amazing. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about how I like to eat in general. Let's talk about your eating habits. Okay. Well, here's the dealio. Growing up, I was overly skinny, like beanpole girl, like mm-hmm. didn't have any boobs or butt or anything. Like I was just very skinny. Um, and it was very much a part of my identity as I've gotten into my thirties. Uh, that hasn't been the case. Bada bing, bada boom. I got a little butt. <laughs> got booty. I got booty. In a good way. Yeah. Um, but my midsection is not where I want it to be. So, um, but here's the problem is I just, I could eat whatever I wanted when I was super skinny mm-hmm. and I just continued that trend and I don't behoove anyone of that. I say you 
you do you, mm-hmm. but um, I'm very self-conscious currently about going to this reunion with um, the current state of affairs that's going on. Here's the thing. <laughs> you look great no matter what. Oh, thank you, But you're not comfortable in your skin right now, so Correct. we're going to change that. Right. And Danelle has now told me that liposuction is not the answer. No. I mean, I'm not judging anybody that does it. No. In fact, I may do it someday, but... In fact, some of you may not know, I already had a nose job, but throwing it out there. Done so and done. Whatever makes you happy, I'm a fan right, of. Right, right. Oh, um, hi, Callie. Callie's also a fan of that. Um, but I feel like let's try to lose as much as we can healthy. Okay. And then if you still want to get liposuction, then get it. Okay. So Danelle and I are embarking uh, on, oh, Callie, you're not part of this. Mm-mm. You don't want to be. No. You don't. <laughs> Girl, you like your animal crackers. Uh, we are embarking on a weight loss challenge. Um, for five weeks. For five weeks where we're trying to lose uh, 5% mm-hmm. of our body weight. So it's a percentage a week over five weeks. Right. So we're going to, uh, we're going to reveal to you how much we weigh. Yeah. Currently. <laughs> Here it goes. Get excited. Okay, you go first. Okay, so I'm at 140.2. So if I lose 5% of my body weight, that's, I have to lose seven pounds. Okay. So 133, which is a good weight, like, which is my, like, normal, what I should weigh for my height. Okay. And would help me fit into some other clothes that I own. <laughs> so it's a good thing for me, too. Okay, here we go. Um, so... I am at 181.9 mm-hmm. and 5% would be 9.1. Hey, shh. I'm talking here. Uh, 9.1 pounds, which would put me at 172.8 at the end of five weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm very nervous about that. You're going to do it. So in order to get us to do this, we're each <laughs> going to give Kenny $50. And if we complete this and win, we get our $50 back, first of all. If yes. we lose, Kenny gets to keep it. Yes. I said this as a joke at first, and they just kind of ran with it. So yeah. we're so going it's a win-win for Kenny, it, really. It's a good situation for me over here. Except for, except for the part where he's going to be like, Jenny, let's go get Mexican. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, fuck. But remember, we you can still eat yes. food like that. It's just in moderation. Right. Like, tell him what you did last night. Oh my God. I went to this delicious place. It's a Cleveland restaurant called Melt Bar and Grilled. And they basically have fancy grilled cheeses. And so thick ass bread slathered in butter, grilled all day long, many cheeses. My favorite one to get is the chorizo and potato. So it's literally chorizo, potato, a bunch of different cheeses on this delicious bread. And it comes with French fries and it's so good. But... Last night I was trying to make wiser decisions. So I got the something noodle salad. It was like crazy noodle or fun noodle. I don't know. It There were noodles. Mm-hmm. Great. And it came with like a Thai peanut dressing. And in all honesty, it was really good. And, and you were full. I was full. I was fine with it. So uh, today I didn't do quite as well, but we only had lunch so far. You didn't get pizza today. You did great. That's true. I did not get pizza at yeah. lunch today, which I love to get or when wine. we go to this place. Right. Well, we're drinking wine now, well, though. No, are, <laughs> which is why I didn't get it at lunch. Whatever. <laughs> so here we go. From five. So where is five weeks from now, Kenny? September. Well, for the listeners, five weeks from now will be like 
near the end of September, like the 24th. Okay. But for us, it will be the 11th or 12th of September. Okay. Okay. I got it. Okay. I'm here. I'm going to do okay. it. And if they both complete it. Oh, yeah. I am going to have to choose their stories for two weeks. So and they help with their research and, and do some research for it. So Jenny's like, don't forget about that. that. <laughs> don't forget the, the most important part where you do the research part and then just send it to me. <laughs> and then I just copy and paste it onto word. Correct. It's great. I'm, okay. I'm into that. I'm definitely going to do this, Kenny. So get ready. Okay. Shit. Oh my God. Callie's like really aggressive today because she's farther away than usual. I know. She's having a hard time not being close to Kenny. Um, okay, so <laughs> I go first. Yes, you go first this week. Are we um, ready? Do we need to talk about anything else? No. Well, I was just going to say if I just wanted to point out we are happy with people of all shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. We don't want you to think that we're like obsessed with being skinny. We're I'm not. just technically overweight. For my height so I'm just trying to get into a healthier lifestyle um but don't think that we're trying to like pressure anyone else into this we just think it's fun and something that we're gonna do and and see if we can do it and Callie is barking and she says she doesn't want to be a part of it so good good you look we great girl yeah you don't need to be a part of it okay so I just wanted to put that disclosure out yeah. there that like you're all perfect we love you no matter what um we hope you love us no matter what <laughs> And here's the thing. I don't want to buy new clothes. So I do oh. need to slim down a little bit to fit into some current winter stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. So that's really it. I mean, yeah. Other, otherwise, I'm fine the way I am. Great. And I like to eat food. So there you go. I fucking love food. I know. All right. So Danelle's going first this week. I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. This one I'm excited about. So I changed stories last minute, of course, the <laughs> night before. Did you choose aliens? No, guys. <laughs> don't worry. It won't be as bad as the alien one, I promise. Um. <laughs> This one is really interesting. I even watched an African documentary, which was very hard to understand, but also very, you know, insightful. It was great. It was an actual, like, from Africa documentary? Yeah. It was like a guy was interviewing another guy, and they were in Africa, and they, it was a great documentary. Okay. I don't, I didn't write the name of it down, but. Great. You can, if you Google this guy's Google name, you're going to African find it. documentary. Yeah. So this is the survival story of Harrison O'Keen. Oh, okay. Okay. O'Keen. Um, O'Keen. O'Keen. Um, so he, we're Nigeria, mm-hmm. May 26, 2013. Okay. Go back. Close your eyes. Relax. We're <sighs> off the coast of Africa. It's early morning, mm-hmm. 5 a.m. That's too early, but go it's ahead. It's very early. Harrison um, is our main character in the story. He Every time a, you say that, all I think about is Harrison Ford, but continue. You can picture Harrison Ford, but he doesn't quite look like Harrison Ford, but that's okay. He's 29 years old, Nigerian. Mm-hmm. He is a graduate with a degree in catering management, mm-hmm. and um, he's newly married, and this is the, a job of, the job of his lifetime. Like He loves his job. He's super feels super proud of it. Um, he's been working there for two years. It's a three-year contract, um, and he's actually the head chef on a tugboat. Oh, so tugboats have head chefs? They do. And the, we'll post a picture of this, but the tugboat's not like a little dinky tiny tugboat. It's oh. bigger than, that's what it's called, but it's much, it's larger than okay. what you When would. I think of tugboats, I always just think of like I did cartoon too. tugboats. And I was like, did like, I read the chef ding, ding, part ding. right? Like, is this a different word that I'm not understanding? But then I looked at pictures <laughs> of it and I'm like, oh, it's like an actual, like Big good ship. size boat. Okay. Um, so 
essentially he worked for Chevron, the oil company. Mm-hmm. And so his tugboat, they would go out, you know, at two weeks at a time. And then um, he, his missions were like, I mean, his mission was to cook for everybody <laughs> on board. But that's a great the mission. tugboat would go to help assist the oil tankers out in the middle of the ocean at whatever they needed or to tug them somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was just coming back Um Again, late May, which is the start of rainy season in Africa, which I didn't know. So from May to July is like where they get a lot of their storms and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, he was just finishing up his tour on this boat and he had two days left. On the boat? On the boat. Okay. So they were like, they were 20 miles out from Nigeria. Mm -hmm. So they they weren't super far away. Um, So he woke up around 5 a.m. to the sound of waves, large waves hitting the side of the vessel. So he's groggy. He's got his boxers on. He's just waking up. And um, he was in his sleeping quarters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he got up to to use the restroom as any normal person would do. And as he's in the restroom, he hears a loud thump and bang. And um, all of a sudden he realizes that the boat has been flipped over. No. Mm -hmm. No. So he's upside down. He's upside down. I mean, he flips back around. But yes, so the boat basically capsizes. So Flip he's standing in. on the ceiling? He's, he's standing on the ceiling. Dancing on the ceiling. Mm. Mm. Don't know the rest of the words. <laughs> no, that's the only part I know. Okay. <laughs> so so he's trapped in the bathroom. Okay. He's in his boxers. Again, great visual. And the boat's upside down. Not good. So he, the bathroom somehow... Uh, in was the bathroom, too. I know, I did know. All the, did all the shenanigans come out? I don't out? know. They didn't say. But okay. it was kind of funny. The documentary, the, the guy that was interviewing him, really focused and honed in on this bathroom. <laughs> like, he wanted to talk about it. He wanted to get all the details. And the guy and Harrison was just kind of like, can we, like, move on, move from, on the dot com from that? Yeah. Yikes. So, um, <laughs> Harrison. Harrison. I feel you. I get it. So, he somehow the bathroom door locks as the boat flips over. Of he manages to escape. Oh, good. And he enters the hallway. Mm-hmm. And there are three other crew members in front of him as they're, you know, they're all running down the hallway and the sirens are going off and everyone's kind of confused, but they are all realizing at this God, point that. I bet a bunch of people were sleeping. Yeah, because it was so early. Ooh. So as they're running down the hallway, one by one, he sees water coming in and kill like the first guy the water hits him and he's gone the second guy in front of him the water hits him and he's gone and the third guy the water hits him and he's gone and harrison's like like the titanic like the, the titanic okay. yes oh no yeah. and harrison's like oh shit he turns around and books it back to his original where he was originally and by that point um the water does hit him and it pushes him into another room Uh-oh. like another sleeping room like someone else's bedroom essentially that right. was close to his room right and he, um, somehow the water forces him into the bathroom again, which Ugh. is maybe why the, the guy was, <laughs> was focusing so on the bathroom, um, forces him into the bathroom and he shuts the door behind him. Somehow he manages to do this to, to stop the water flow. And, um, so he can kind of regain himself and, and figure out like where he's at and what's happening to him. Um, so at this point, he does realize that the boat is upside down and the boat has reached the bottom of the ocean at this point. Oh, shit. So I've heard two. He said in the interview that the boat was 900 feet. And then I read and every other article was 100 feet. Oh, so okay. I think like lengthwise or how height? deep how deep the boat had sank to the bottom. Oh, 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 okay. So I'm going with 100 feet because I feel like 900 feet, it would have taken longer to maybe 
the only reason the I like 900 is because isn't there something called 900 leagues under the sea or is that a thousand I think that's a thousand okay that's a book right you said or something like I didn't that. say oh. <laughs> I think it's a book that we were forced to read in like junior high or something right yeah. or yeah. 10,000 it's 10,000 leagues under the sea oh there we go but this was on kilometers god damn, damn it, it. <laughs> we were slowly getting closer and closer <laughs> So all of these were in meters. So maybe he, like, in his interview, got, like, caught up and met 90 feet. Mean, whatever. whatever. It was far. It, whatever. The boat's he, he on the fucking bottom of the ocean. Who cares? nobody else talks about right. feet like we do. Right. So okay. the boat's on the bottom of the ocean. That's all that matters. Great. Terrifying. Right. It's on the fucking bottom. So um, let's see. Where was I? I wanted to see upside down. Okay. So basically, he's just caught in this bathroom. And there's water coming in around him and he's like uh-huh. I gotta get somewhere else so right. he opens the door oh, no. and finds like the engineering room somehow and swims to it and finds an air pocket oh yeah so and was it a big air pocket it was about four feet okay which is p- a pretty fairly good size large. fairly large um so as he finds himself into this air pocket he realizes that he's just buried alive in this like watery grave essentially um the water is freezing because it's their cold, it sounds like it's their cold season and you're at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, I think, I think, I know in South Africa, like August is ca- considered winter because they're on the other. Oh, that makes sense. You then. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cold, it's dark. I'm sure. There's lots of noises. There's he, probably really creepy sea creatures that he doesn't even well, know about. Well, he can hear <gasps> his colleagues screaming for help and other... So there were other air bubbles on the boat at this point still. Mm-hmm. And he could hear his other colleagues screaming and being like, God, help us. You know, whatever it is you would scream in that moment. Um, and he's doing the same thing. He's, you know, he prays and cries for help. And um, he said all he could think about is his wife back home and how much he wanted to start a family. Aww. He's newly married. One article said that he was getting married. Okay. And uh, everything else said that he was newly married. So it sounds like he had already done the deed. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Consummated that shit. Yeah. So, Great. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Um, so, it looked like from all the images, the air bubble was waist up. Okay. But he still had to tread water to keep his body. It's not like he was standing on anything. Right. So he, um, to keep his strength and to keep himself above, above water and also to preserve oxygen. And remember, he's mostly naked because right. he was in the restroom in his boxers. So it's mm-hmm. not like he's wearing a wetsuit or any type of protective gear and he's just like out there freezing to death. Um, in the cold salt water with no food, nothing like that. Um, he manages to gather scrap around him, like old mattresses and like anything that's floating by to help prop around him to hold himself up. Mm. And he does this to help his with his body heat control. And so he wouldn't freeze. Um, just like debris and springs and just weird things I saw in the picture. Um, he was very smart. He also created a rope system. Okay. Which I would not have thought of. So he tied a rope to um, somewhere close by to him and then would, uh, you know, every couple hours go out and like take the rope out to the hallway and tie it again to make like, so he could go and scavenge or just see what was going on and then know his way back to where his air bubble was. Um, Which again, I thought was very smart. I just feel like I'd be so scared that air bubble would just I wouldn't want to go away. I wouldn't want to go. Yeah. So, um... He said one by one, the other screaming crew members were in the same situation. Their air bubbles would eventually run out and he could hear them. It almost sounded like boiling water coming up, like bloop, 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 and their screams would stop. 
So he could hear his other crewmates passing away over over these hours that have passed. Uh-uh, no, um, no, no, thank you. Yeah. So in the days to follow, it was cold, dark, and he describes hearing the sounds of sharks and ocean prey eating his dead crewmates Ew. in silence. So it was very eerie and just he could hear you know, they smelled the blood because there were, you know, cuts and scrapes and right, so they're, they were bleeding and then the sharks eventually found them and he could hear them being eaten alive. Ugh. So, three days. Ew, no. That's He's in this days. air bubble for three days. Is he running out of oxygen? Yes. Oh, shit. He's noticing that it's harder to breathe and he knows his time's running out from hearing his other crewmates slowly dying. Um, and he was able to also sleep during some of this time he, the way he propped himself up, like he was like, I got to get my, keep my strength up. I got to find a way to sleep. And he said in those three days, he basically just prayed, tried to sleep and play games like with his mind to keep his mind occupied, you know, occupied so he wouldn't lose it. God. Mm, I know. Um, so on the third day, he heard a, lar- a loud knocking on the bottom of the boat, which would be the top of the, the top of the boat. Time. And. I don't know that I would think to do this either, but he used his rope system mm-hmm. where he heard the knocking to go to that specific place and knock back. Yeah. So they knew someone was alive. Harrison. Get it, Harrison. Right. So um, finally at 730 on May 28th, 62 hours after the boat had flipped. Mm. Can you imagine? Mm-mm. No, thank you. Um, and everybody thought the whole crew, everyone was dead at this point. Mm-hmm. Like no one even thought any of them were alive. Um, after he knocked back, some time had passed. I don't know if it had been an hour or whatever. A rescue diver saw Harrison's hand as he was exploring the wreckage. So they were, it was they were basically cadaver divers. They were sent down to collect the bodies. Oh my god! And they found him. And they found him in the video, guys. If you look this up, the video is the creepiest shit you've ever seen. Like the so the divers had cameras, and all you see is a hand reaching out in this like murky water with like all like, and then they have lights on and there's just this big hand that reaches out and the diver actually radioed back to the crew on the ground saying corpse, corpse, corpse. Like he thought it was just a dead person's hand. Right. And then Harrison grabbed the diver to let him know like I'm alive. But the diver was also scared because he was like, what if this guy freaks out and hurts me and rips my, you know, like who knows what state he's in. So they had to be very careful. But if you do Google his name, you'll find the video and it's, super creepy and it puts things into perspective so um once the diver you know he sends for more crew another person comes down to help him you know harrison is exhausted he's starving and he's seriously dehydrated and they bring down equipment for him to put over basically like a breathing suit Mm -hmm. and um he uses his last ounce of strength to swim out with the crew um the diving crew but which I didn't even think about this, his journey wasn't over yet because because he was underwater for so long, breathing in all that nitrogen, they had to put him in a decompression chamber for 60 additional hours, Ugh. which I also have a picture of. Kenny, I'll send this to you. A decompression chamber is basically like a tiny submarine. Like it looks awful. I mean, it's not worse than what he just went through, but it's still like a very close encounterment where you just sit there for 60 hours. No, So he had to do that. Um, they said if they would not have done the decompression, he would have died immediately when he went to the surface. Oh. So if somehow he would have got out and escaped on his own and swam to the surface, he would have died from the pressure and stuff. Oh, my God. Facts. True. Facts. True story. You guys, if you're trapped in a capsized boat, don't just swim to the surface. Don't just... Well, I mean, maybe Unless right away. Like the first hour, you probably can. Yeah, sure. first hour, sure. but try to find an air bubble. 
a good one. Yeah. A four footer. A four footer. Oh God. So he was the only survivor of a crew of 12. Oh my God. And I read something saying that he's the only person that has lasted this long in an air bubble in a wreck like this. I mean, this has happened before, but not at this like length of time. I just looked up the video. The air bubble is decently big. It's decently big. Yeah. I was picturing like something just like around his head, like just poking his head out. That, but there's two images. So the one image that I think you looked at is him like sitting on something. Yeah. That's the one I saw. That's not the the actual air bubble. I don't know what that is. There's other footage of him with just like, I have a picture of it. I'll show you. Um, it's a, it's him with just like from the chest up he okay. said just from like the chest up is all he could like have access to so i don't know what that image is from um here's i'll show kenny really you guys can't see this but oh wow yeah, so it's like, i'm not, not sure what not a ton of room um because i saw that too and i'm like yeah but he got to like sit down and stuff at least yeah. but no so um so he's the only survivor of a total of 12 and um he still has a very hard time today with you know survivor's guilt and i guess in nigeria they're very superstitious and he went to church afterwards and the pre one of the priests actually said to him like did you survive this through black magic like oh accusing God. him that he was like <gasps> some type of witch of some sort um wouldn't you as a priest want to thank god for him surviving he was a little he said he was a little perplexed by that and um he did say that he still has nightmares and vows to never return to the sea again um he has now taken a new job as an executive chef on the ground safe somewhere not on a boat and um he did he did you know say that god is the reason he survived and he's a very religious man but no he did not use black magic and and that he, we know of that we know of no and um he also just had a fear of going to the, his crewmates funeral and stuff because his their families i think were a little just confused as to he was you know there's just a lot of he went through a lot after the fact as well so um, it's pretty amazing and uh so now he's still happily married and he's a an executive chef on the ground somewhere in Africa. So yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. So that's the story of Harrison. Here's the a picture of the boat. Oh God. I don't know if this is a picture of a boat or the boat. Okay. Um and then there's the um decompression which we'll post all this. Okay. And that looks less terrible than I thought yeah, it Yeah, and that's the picture of the hand reaching out. <gasps> creepy. We'll post these. So. That's creepy. Yeah. Okay. As fuck. So I thought that was so interesting. Oh my God. I've definitely seen the pictures of him. Like when I, oh, I have you? It. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen pictures of that guy and I was like, oh yeah, I've seen these before. Mm-hmm. Weird. So. Weird. Hold on. I got to make my screen bigger because I'm blind. That's okay. So I like him. Hey everybody. We really hope you love Sip Survivor Pete. Did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered this free new app called PodCoin and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're a good person, you can even donate that PodCoin to a charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on your iPhone or Android and have a, and we have a special code for you. Simply use our code SIPSURVIVE and you'll get 300 PodCoins just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of us on there, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. 
you're welcome. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with code SIPSURVIVE. I swear, it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. It did for me. And me. Okay. All right. And the tugboat, yeah. Kenny, you'll have to post the, a picture of the tugboat so people can see that it's not some like little <laughs> tiny. Yeah. That's what I thought it was at first. So yeah. I was like, what kind of shit? Is he making sandwiches? <laughs> I know, right? Peanut butter and jelly. Who knows? Tuna fish. Okay. Let's hear it. Okay. I am doing the survival story of Danielle Keener and Dan Zapp. Okay. Um, so Danielle Keener and Dan Zapp were, they met in college. Uh, they had friends introduce them. I watched a documentary about it. Uh... I now forget the name of the documentary. We can post that later. I'll post it later. Uh, It was really good. And um, so it was January 8th, 2000. I believe this was their second date. So they like went to dinner the first date and like got to know each other. The huge. The huge. And then they decided to go on this second date. Could have been later. I don't know. Uh, And they went uh, down to this river um, outside of York, Pennsylvania and they were kind of near a marina and they were just out there talking and they were like trying to skip rocks and just like do cute like datey things dorky like yeah, yeah. like you know when you're on a first date or like, second date like i'm going to skip this rock but i really want you to hold my hand <laughs> and like maybe my tongue will be in your mouth later and maybe yeah um <laughs> so gross so uh so then wait how old were they sorry they were i i think they were both freshmen in college okay so probably like 18 19 ish okay. um so, and they didn't go to the same college. They went to different colleges. And of course, I didn't write down what the colleges were, but they were in college. Um, so they were, uh, they were basically walking along and this pick, a red, I think it was red, a red pickup truck comes up and there's an older guy in there and he, he kind of rolls his window down and says, hey, do you guys need a ride? No, sir, we don't. Well, they had arrived in their own vehicle. Yeah. And they were just there having like, you know dorky date time which I love I think that's the cutest and I was right this is their second date okay so, so it's still fresh and flirty and fresh and flirty yeah. and not 30 um <laughs> <laughs> and uh they kept showing this picture of the two of them because on this second date uh they actually took a picture in front of I think it was Danielle's car so it's Danielle and Dan are, okay. the, are the kids who are on a date it gets confusing because they call Danielle Danny oh so it's like Danny, Danny and, and Dan, Dan. Um, but I love the name Danny for a girl. I, I do so too. Cute. I love that name. Yes. Um, okay. So they have this one picture and they keep showing it. And now I realize why it's because it was the only picture they have of each other. Cause they've only been on two, two dates. dates. Um, so the guy in the pickup truck leaves and they start to walk further down like the bank of the river. And all of a sudden he pulls up really fast and like cuts them off on the path Mm-mm. and he jumps out of his car and he pulls out a nine millimeter handgun no you don't sir uh so basically he uh forced danielle into the front seat of the truck and he forced dan into the back of the truck uh and he like the bed or do you think like i believe it was the bed okay not like covered probably so he couldn't just escape yeah and there was also a very large rottweiler in the back of the truck oh great keep an eye on dan great So the guy, the assailant jumps into the truck and he starts driving them to another location. So 
super terrifying. They're like driving down this a normal road. Then he turns off onto a dirt road. Oh, I don't no. know what the problem is with dirt roads freaking me out, but I feel like they're not this, as well documented. Yeah. And so like dirt roads seem like a terrible choice. Like as yeah. soon as you're on a dirt road, you're like, I'm fucked. Well, like what do you, the one story you did where she was keeping track of the turns. Yeah. Like they were on a dirt road, yeah. but like they're not marked. So if you ever like get out of the situation, you have a cell phone, you're like, I'm on a dirt road. Where? Like they're not, you I know, know, that's why they're so terrifying. Totally. Well, here's something. Here's a fun fact. This dirt road was called Gut Road. Oh boy. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Uh, it was very isolated. Um, and he forced the two of them out of the truck. Um, and again, they were still along the river. Um, so at least they had that, mm-hmm. you know, to keep kind of where they were but again they didn't know exactly how far they had gone or whatever um he this guy seemed very agitated in fact he seemed almost drunk because he was drunk (laughs) um and he he kept just repeating like i don't know what i'm going to do with you guys i don't know what i'm going to do with you guys you've seen my face now you've seen my face and then he would like shoot his gun into the river so he was just shooting bullets into the river talking over and over again to himself about what am I going to do? You saw my face. What am I going to do? You saw my face. Boom, boom, boom. I'm shooting So what into would the you river. do in that? Because I would be like, just let me out. I'll never tell anybody. I'll- the, the kids, I'm calling them kids because I'm old. Um, they basically told him, they're like, you can have anything you want. Right. I'll never say a word like, about this. You can have my wallet. You can have my purse. You can go get take my car that we left back there. You can have anything you want. Just let us go. Yeah. Anything you want. And he got really mad and was like, you can't give me what I want. Like a creeper. So um, he kept firing into the Susquehanna River. Aren't okay. you proud I could say that? That's really good, yeah. Because um, there's a lot of... Because I couldn't say that. It's only because I've heard I would have said the Susquehanna. The Susquehanna. River. <laughs> um, so he kept firing bullets. Um, and he uh, then he took him back to the truck. He told Danielle to get in the front seat with him. He told Dan to get in the back seat again, or in the back of the truck with the dog. Okay. Um, and while so wait, they took he took them to a place, shot they bullets got into out, the river, and then got back in the truck. And made them get back in the truck. Got it. At this point, he's not moving the truck. He's not driving it. He just says, um, he's like, so you said I could have anything I want, right? And he's looking at Danielle. Ew. Yeah. So she immediately is like, He's going to rape me. Yeah. But she's in her head thinking, if I don't give him what he wants, he's, he's going to kill, kill us. And yeah. he's going to kill Dan. And I don't want to be the one who like made that happen. Right. So she just looks at him and shakes her head. Yes. So then he proceeds to rape her. Oh, God. Dan is in the back of the truck. He starts like seeing them moving around a lot in the front and he realizes what's happening, but there's nothing he can do because he's the guy's still holding on to the gun in his hand. Yeah. Like he can't, like do anything yeah, what's to he save her. Do? He, yeah, he just feels and a, totally and helpless. There's a Rottweiler in the back with him. Yes, we don't know how mean the Rottweiler is, though. I believe we find out later the dog's name is Sam. Oh, well, I'm sure he's adorable. But you don't know that when you're in that situation. No, you like, sure don't. And maybe I mean I had a Rottweiler dog, growing up, and they're not. They're, they're not very dogs. nice. Yeah, but they sometimes if you're their owner. Yeah, but if they're not, you know, I don't know. Right. You just don't know. So, um, when. The rape is done. Uh, he makes the kids get back out of the car, oh takes them back to the bank of the river. As they're walking towards the river, um, Danielle is like hoping that, okay, like that was it. He he got what he wanted and now he's going to let us go. And then all of, a sudden, all of a sudden she hears a huge bang 
and Dan falls next <gasps> to her. Oh, no. And she looks down at him, and there's blood gushing from his mouth. Oh. Gushing. She gets terrified because she's like, holy shit. Like, this guy's going to kill both of us. Right. So she doesn't know what to do. So all she can think to do is drop to her knees. So she just drops to her knees because she doesn't want to fall that hard. And um, she gets shot in the face. Oh, my God. So um, then this guy basically kicks both bodies into the Susquehanna. Susque- I'm so, I shouldn't have bragged about it. Yeah, you, you, you got cocky. I got cocky. You got cocky. Susque- Look at you now. Susquehanna. There we go. River. He pushed both bodies in. Oh. Starts walking back towards the truck. When both of them hit that ice cold water. But remember, this is Sip Survive. That's Repeat. right. That's right. Guys, hang in there. Hang in there with me. Um, they both hit the cold water, and it's so cold that time of year. Because remember, it's January, and it's Pennsylvania. Jeez, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck, that's cold. That's cold. It wakes them both up immediately. Yes. Immediately. Um, Dan looks and sees that the guy is watching them. Mm. So he mouths to uh danielle we have to play dead and float down the river so he thinks that we're dead and he drives away oh my god so they both smart they both lie down in the water and play dead and start floating away like you have no idea where you're going no you don't even know where you are on this river and you could freeze to death at this point exactly you shot in the face and wherever else dan was shot you might lose consciousness right so they start floating down the river and this guy the assailant gets back in his truck and leaves. Oh As they're God. floating down the river, thank God, there was a guy on the banks that was duck hunting. Thank God for duck hunters. He was the cutest man ever. And he said, I saw some things coming down the river, and I didn't know what they were. And as they got closer, they were, they were bodies. <laughs> by God, by golly, they were bodies. They, they were, were bodies. Logs. They so, were bodies. Uh, they weren't mallards. <laughs> So he reached in, he grabbed, oh, there's a cat outside. Hi, kitty. Oh, yeah, that's the stray cat I've been trying to let let me, um, I've been trying to get him to let me pet him for weeks now. I'm working on it. We're getting closer. Okay. Um, So they're floating down the river. Duck Hunter, uh, he basically reaches out and pulls the boy, Dan, in. Mm -hmm. Then he grabs the girl, he pulls the girl in. He realizes both of them are shot in the head and face. Oh, my God. And so he... Uh, he runs up to the road. The next car that passes, he says, there's two kids back here. They've both been shot. You got to go get help. It wasn't the truck, was it? Oh my God, no. <laughs> that's like a scary, that's like the scary movie. Sorry. That that's, is like the scary movie, but no, it was not Thank the truck. God. Okay. Um, I was just going to drop my mic and leave. That was the case. <laughs> mic drop. Uh, so anyway, oh, his name was Pete Prowl and he was a local duck hunter. Oh, Pete. So both kids were taken to York County Hospital um, Danielle's injuries were assessed when she got there and the doctor, basically she was shot in the face, kind of in the lower jaw mm-hmm. and the bullet went through her tongue. So her tongue was almost completely severed from oh. her face, yeah. her jaw, yeah. her, where your tongue's supposed to be attached to your throat. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and her jaw where the bullet entered, he said it looked like rice krispies. <gasps> Oh like god. that's how shattered her jaw was oh my god so um the good news was is like they were able to use like 
mm-hmm. modern technology and medical GBA. stuff and, and put uh, a metal plate in there to hold the jaw together. Uh, they were able to reattach her tongue. Like really everything's golden. Okay. She looked like crap. She said she, the first time she saw herself in the mirror, her face, I mean, he, the doctor was like, was it the doctor or a detective? One of the guys said her head was like the size of a bowling ball. Like oh, that's how swelling. swelling. Swelling? Swel- <laughs> but that's the swelling. thing. I, I went along with you. I didn't even notice. Um, so basically, Dan got shot kind of in the back of the neck and it passed through his windpipe. Um, and they, it was very close to some of his vertebrae. Like if it had oh. been even just like a couple millimeters closer to the vertebrae uh-huh. he would have been killed or paralyzed oh, the big thing for him was because it hit close to um or because there were a lot of bone fragments mm-hmm. um they were worried that he was going to get a blood clot and then it would cause a stroke oh boy so uh it was a lot of like wait and see yeah uh for dan so um they when they were first pulled out of the water obviously they were down river from where this all happened mm-hmm. so the police were unsure of the initial location of the attack um so they they had to search several areas of the riverbank looking for evidence and looking for an actual crime scene um so they found uh blood and shell casings a day after the shooting so it was a day later but they did find where okay. this had all happened um Danielle was placed into an induced coma uh, to help with her healing. Um, But they were, so they were able to ask Dan about his memory of the crime. He was unable to talk though, because he had a breathing tube because, you know, remember Mm -hmm. it hit his windpipe. Um, So he had to use, you know, like a dry erase board to write down what happened. Okay. But the good thing was they threw him in the back of a truck and guess what people put in the back of their truck? All their bullshit. Oh, yes, Kelly, all their bullshit. Yes. So he was able to write down a very detailed description of everything from the kind of truck, the kind of shoes he saw in the back of the truck. Wow. Um, things that the kidnapper was wearing or had been wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the type of dog that was with him in the back of the truck, how it looked, spots, like stripes, anything, any distinguishing features. Yeah. Um, so stripes. Stripe. I don't know. What are those called? Zebra. When- it was a zebra. It was a zebra. <laughs> zebra Rottweiler. You know those. They're stars, fierce. stripes. I mean, zebras. Okay. Okay. Listen, this wine's 15%. <laughs> We're loopy. It's already. fine. That okay. was cute. There were stripes. <laughs> Brindle. It's brindles. <laughs> I'm not drunk. I'm sorry. Just, just snorted and then hit her microphone. Sorry. Okay. So Don't edit that. Brindle. 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 Okay. Stripes or brindle Cut. on a dog. <laughs> I'm, I'm overheating. My face is turning red. It's like when I did the alien episode, I was had like a sweat stash. I was getting nervous. Like, oh my God. So, okay, got it. Okay. Uh, the vivid description of everything that they told him led investigators to William Babner. You fuckhead. Mm-hmm. He was a York resident and he had prior arrests on his record. Mm-hmm. Um, they took a picture of Babner and, you know, some other people who weren't the perpetrators uh, and they showed Dan a photo lineup and Dan as soon as that picture came up his one he's the one detective said his his one eye was uh, swollen shut so you couldn't see his eye okay but his other eye he said the pupil dilated mm. like that like his reaction to That's this picture cool. was like they knew before he even said anything yeah, yeah. um 
so they learned, police learned that William Babner was staying with his girlfriend and her children. Mm. Like this fucking piece almost murderer of, yeah. piece of shit is staying with kids. Mur- no, I mean, yeah, murderer because he intended on leaving them yeah, there his, to die. That was his thing. Rapist, murderer, awful person. Um, so the police were worried because he was staying with girlfriend and her kids that this mm-hmm. could be a hostage situation. Mm-hmm. They went to go apprehend him. So what they did is they stationed police officers in alleys that were outside of her house and they waited for everyone except Babner to leave. So like the mom took the kids to school and Babner was the only one left in the house. That's when they approached. So they were able to arrest him without incident. They went to his house and they recovered several items that had been described in detail by Dan. Oh, mm hmm. Uh, including Babner's black Nike sneakers, and they were all spotted with blood. Oh, shoot. You stupid son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, they also recovered the 9mm gun that Babner used. Uh, and Sam the Rottweiler. Oh, Sam. The dog that the William Babner had used to intimidate Dan was also in the house. Mm. Babner was registered as Sam's owner, so the dog was his. Uh, the contents of the back of Babner's pickup truck, including a baseball bat and toolbox, exactly matched Dan's description. Go, Dan. Go, Dan. It's your birthday. Um, so he was, arrest- he was arrested, and he refused to plead guilty. Like, they were hoping this wouldn't have to what go to trial because yeah. they had so much of course. evidence. They're of like, course. Just plead guilty, dude. He wouldn't. So Dan and Danielle were forced to testify against him in trial. Mm. So six months after being abducted, brutalized, and shot, Danielle and Dan took the stand to testify against William Babner, and he was found guilty on all counts. Good. And he was sentenced to 117 years in prison. Yes. Good. Uh, Dan Zapp and um, Danielle. Did they end up together? They did not. Oh, shoot. (laughs) I mean. I think it was just too much to get over. Yeah. yeah. Um, So Dan Zapp met uh, a girl named Elizabeth Bierma while he was in college, and they got married in October of 2007. Danielle Keener met Kevin McGuire in college, mm-hmm. and they were married in October of 2005. And Danielle has given birth to their daughter, Adia, on February 7th of 2008. Um, Dan is working on his PhD in psychology wow. currently. And Danielle Keener McGuire is a clinical social worker. So they both said, you know, this was... Something hard to get over. Dan actually said he tried to like just push it aside and not think about it to get mm-hmm. rid of it. Yeah, that doesn't work. No, 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 <laughs> it doesn't. That so, actually makes it worse. Yeah. So uh, they both got the help they needed. They both finished college. They both, you know, that's amazing. Got got through this, and that. I wonder if they stayed in touch, or maybe they not. did. They did act- they? Danielle actually said, "I feel like our souls will forever be connected." Yeah. Because it's like you don't go through that with someone, yeah. and then not have a connection with right. them. So uh, it, wasn't an, it wasn't a romantic connection in the end, but they still, they're still in each other's lives. Um, and actually, when Danielle got married, the duck hunter that found them was at the wedding. Stop. Oh, my God. Put a ribbon on it. That's Put amazing. Put a fucking ribbon on it. That was great. So, I love it. That's it. That's the story of Danny and Dan. That's great. I love that. It's <laughs> good. Yay. All right. Kenny. Okay, this is a uh, pretty good weird news, I'd oh. say. Oh, so, I can't wait to guess. <laughs> she says with sarcasm. German emergency services have been cl- being called a lot for nighttime disturbances. 
And why are they being called? German what? German emergency head? services. So like nine one one. Have been called in the middle of the night for something? For nighttime disturbances. What has it been? Is it sexual? Kinda. Okay. Um mm. I mean, I would say or orgies. <laughs> You think there's just a lot of orgies going on there's in Germany right now? In or, there's been an uptick in orgies I've heard in Germany. <laughs> and it's it's becoming a problem, people, so stop. I mean, or don't. Whatever makes you happy. Um, okay, so it's, it's a noise problem. Yeah. Um, I like that Jenny actually like thinks these through. I do. Um, I'm going to say there's a new German porn and people are watching it on full volume. Okay. So (laughs) that was actually a good one. Not bad. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to read you this paragraph that's in this story to explain what it is. So recently police in Augustburg were called to a primary school one night after suspicious noises were heard in the playground and a security light was activated. Oh my God. Were people having sex on a swing? Only after the caretaker had been dragged out of bed and several police officers had inspected the site where the culprits found to be a pair of hedgehogs busily mating. <gasps> I almost said raccoons mating. Oh my god. Oh, little babies. So this isn't like an isolated inc- incident. Hedgehogs are capable of making a lot of sounds apparently. Whistling, purring, clicking, and loud screaming, which sometimes ah. people think are humans. So... <laughs> So it could have been like a hedgehog orgy. It could have been a hedgehog orgy. Oh my god! Maybe they were watching a porn real loud too. Hedgehog porn, you know how it is. That's great. I heard in Germany, hedgehogs have wide access to the internet. So yep, just porn yeah. hub. It makes sense. Hedge pub, hedge, hedge hub, hedge porn. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Gross! I love it. Okay, it's not that gross. It's fornication between animals, which is fine. It's their mating season, so on a playground, it's fine. I like that there was a playground involved. I like how I immediately was like, "I was like, we're doing it on the swings, right?" That's where exactly you went. Yeah, <laughs> the hedgehogs could have been on the swings. Who knows? They might or be the freaks. monkey bars. That'd be kind of hard, but I mean, you never know. They got that spiny back. They they fall. They can. <laughs> no? I love it. It's no? the best. Um, okay, so uh, this has been Sip Survive Repeat. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we really appreciate it. If you guys want to follow us on any of our socials, you can do so. You'll find them. Um, we also have Patreon if you want to help us buy yes. wine. We would love you forever. Um, we ha- You can go to our website, sipsurviverepeat.com, and mm-hmm. you can click on pa- uh, become a patron. We also have merch, and uh, we have T-shirts, uh, stickers, sweatshirts, sweatshirts long sleeve shirts, mm, phone cases, totes, 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 um, magots, totes, magots. So you guys can um, show your support through uh, doing that. And we did buy, we aren't drinking it this week, but next week we have a bottle of wine that we bought thanks to patrons and our merch purchases. So uh, any way you can support would be great. Um, I guess that's it. That's all. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.